0: I'm going to be speaking for only 15 minutes. So if you're visiting today, from that reaction you can tell that I normally speak longer than 15 minutes. What a great morning. I, I love seeing people getting baptised. I, I enjoy it. It thrills my heart and I know it's significant in their lives as well. Now, at the moment, Santino hasn't got the privilege of listening to me. He's waiting out there for you. So, if you're thinking, "Oh, I don't, I don't know," you just need to get up now, head out and see him. And it's going to be great to baptise a few more people later on after the meeting. When I was wondering about what should I speak about this morning, I thought, I think I want to talk about what God is like. Because many people in society today believe in God, but there's many different views as to what he's actually like. What, what difference can we expect him to make in our lives? And so, taken from the Bible, I want to tell you just something a little bit what God is like. Because some may feel today that God is a little bit like a grumpy schoolteacher. Uh, any school teachers. Anyone to just sort of now? I know it doesn't relate to any of you, okay? Because I had a bit of a crack at school teachers a few weeks ago, and I thought it wouldn't be worth, you know, my life wouldn't be worth living if I went again. So I'm sure it's none of you guys. But some people, I think, maybe feel that God is a little bit like a grumpy school teacher. He puts up with you if you're good. He'll put up with you if you work hard, if you follow the rules, if you generally fit in. But if you're not really academic, if you don't quite fit in, then you spend more time outside the classroom than you do in it. You know, this this school teacher's happy with the 29, but if you're the one that just doesn't quite connect with him, I'm, I'm just not an academic type of person, you spend more time outside the door Wondering what's going in the classroom, and you do in there actually being taught. And I know some people may view that well, you know, that's that's a little bit what like God God is like. I'm not actually good enough. I'm not a religious type of person. I'm just not wired that way, and so I don't I don't quite fit in. Clearly, there's 29 people that do fit in and do get on with God, but I'm just one of those people that don't quite connect with Him. I'm not good enough. There's too much in my past that I've done wrong. It, it, it disqualifies me from ever really knowing God. And although some of these stories I've heard today are, are pretty wonderful and I'm so pleased God could do it for them, God, this religion stuff, nah, no, it's not, it's not really for me. Jesus told a parable to explain what God is like and I just want to spend a few moments looking to see what does Jesus say the Father is like? So it's Luke chapter 15, if you've got a Bible. If you haven't, words will come up behind me. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear him. That's gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Does he not go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there would be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully till she finds it? And when she finds it, he calls her friends and neighbours together and says, look, rejoice with me, I've found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is more rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see, what was happening was, Jesus spent some of his time, like in church, in the synagogue, but he spent a lot more of his time outside of it. And when he was outside of it, the people that gathered round to hear him were not the people that would normally go to church. It was tax collectors. They were not popular men of their day. They're probably not very popular men of our day either. But they were particularly unpopular because they were, um, they were working with the Roman occupiers. And actually that whole phrase sinners represents the whole group of people that you would never see in a synagogue. You'd never see them in a church building. They were hungry for what Jesus was talking about. They gathered around. He ate with them. He spent a lot of time with them. And the religious people of the day, those that that were sort of good at keeping the rules and behaving in the right way, they were pretty cross with Jesus because Jesus was an amazing teacher. He spoke with such authority and he did amazing miracles, healing the sick and doing stuff like that. And they thought actually Jesus should be spending time with the 99, not with those that never go into a synagogue, not with those that never go into a church building. And Jesus was saying, you guys, you've made a mistake. You've made a mistake because you don't really know what God is up to. You don't know what is on God's heart. So he tells them this parable to try and explain it. He says, and by the way, this isn't teaching on sheep farming, so you know, don't switch off because you think, well, I'm never going to be a sheep farmer, or on how to find things, but he says, he uses this parable that they would have understood. He says, you, imagine you have a hundred sheep. You spend most of your time with them. Ninety-nine of them are good. They always pretty much do what you say. But there's one sheep and you can guarantee if there's 99 heading that way, there's one going the other way. If there's a sheep that gets lost and fall, falls into a river, it's going to be that sheep. If there's one that's going to get stuck in a hedge, it's going to be that sheep. You can guarantee it will be him or her. And Jesus says, look, when that sheep goes missing, what does the shepherd do? He doesn't say, hey, well look, I've got 99 others. What's one? I've got 99 Sorry, you're always a troublemaker. I'll just leave you. I'll let you go. Do what you want. He doesn't. He goes off and searches for it and he brings it back. He says, another story. Imagine you've got ten coins. Each coin is worth about a day's money. So what's that? It could be 50 quid. It could be 100 pounds. It could be more than that. Imagine, and, and you've, you go to sleep. On your bedside table, you leave the ten coins. You wake up in the morning and you're them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's one missing. You count again. What, what, what is it that you do? You, it says this lady, she lights a lamp, she sweeps the house, she searches intently until she finds the lost coin. Why? Because it's valuable. It's, it's important to this lady. She, 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 she can't afford to lose one of them. You see, these, these religious people, these, these guys good at keeping the rules, they've missed something about the heart of God. I've I've got four boys. Three of them have got like an inbuilt sat-nav that all keeps them close to mum and dad. One of them has definitely got a wonky sat-nav in there. There's absolutely no doubt. If you go to Ikea, he's the one that will be on a different floor. If you're in the park, he's the one that will wander off. Most of the time he is not aware that he is lost when Chloe, when, when he was a toddler, and, and Chloe used to drop the older ones off at school, you could guarantee one minute he was there in the playground, the next minute he'd just disappeared. When myself and Chloe noticed that he had gone, we didn't say, oh well. <laughs> you know, we, we got three others. Fortunate really, isn't it? You know, we got, we got three others, I guess that's okay. Hey, we can even get a normal car. Anyway, we've told him so many times not to wander off, but he never takes a blind bit of notice of it. He, he, oh, he gets what's coming to him. What, what is the response in a parent's heart? Boys, you three stay here. Chloe is going that way. I am going this way until we find him. Once we went for a walk with some friends... He marched off with such certainty that he knew where he was going that he, he led a whole little troop of children and some adults off with him. <laughs> he didn't have a clue. And we were walking around St. Helens, we were trying to find them all. He just had an inbuilt, I think it's something about if you say anything enough with confidence then people will believe you and uh, follow you. But, but what happens, we, we went to search. It's something in our heart straight away says, where is, our, where, where is he? the Pharisees got it wrong because they'd misunderstood what was going on. God's heart is the someone missing. It's not that he doesn't care about the 99, but there's someone missing. There's someone that should be with me, that I love deeply, that I care for, that should be here. And these, the religious leaders, they've missed that. He does care about 99, but he he passionately wants to gather in that lost one. In Isaiah 53 it says this, we all like sheep have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. In Romans 3 it says, there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Actually, no one, no one, can uh, stake a claim to being right with God due to what they have done in life. We we just don't fit the fit. We, we don't. I was I was going to say we just don't fit the mustard, but I mean cut the mustard. None of us measure to the standard. Some of you may have a rightness with God or a good life that sort of is ankle height. Some of you have made, may have gathered up to the, the heady heights of knee height for your good life, for your, uh, how you've lived. Some of you may have made it waist height. But when, when you see God in all his goodness and all his glory and all his compassion and all his love, it reaches to the heavens. And whether your life is that good or that good, in some ways it it doesn't really make a lot of difference in comparison to who God is. None of us can earn our way into heaven. None of us can live a life good enough to get our way in there. It says, for all have fallen short. And in some ways if you pride yourself on being a good person, that's quite an offensive thing to hear this morning. But if you think, actually I know I'm not good, and I know I've not made it, It's good news. It's good news because there is one who stands in your place. There is one who has gone before you, who has made a way, who has lived an absolutely perfect life in order to save us because we cannot. And that is Jesus Christ. The perfect saviour. The perfect sacrifice. You see, the answer to not living good enough isn't to try harder. You see, today we haven't baptised eight good people. We've baptised eight people that know they needed a saviour. They needed help. That they couldn't do it on their own. And that's what we've celebrated. In baptism what we celebrate is the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ that has been shed abroad in our hearts. This is what it says in, uh, in, in Titus. It wasn't long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn. ordered every which way by our passions, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. That's that's where we were. But when God, our kind, loving, saviour God, stepped in, he saved us from all that. It was his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath and we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Saviour poured out new life so generously. God's gift has, been restored, sorry, God's gift has restored our relationship with Him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on that. That's the good news. Once we were like that, and we came to a realisation we were like that, and that I cannot do it on my own, and I pushed in, and I understood there was a Saviour who loved me, and He gave His life for me, that I can have a relationship with Him, and I accepted that. I accepted I couldn't do it on my own. I came to know Him, and I knew all His grace and love pouring into my life. That relationship with God our Father has been restored. And that's what those who are baptised today realised and understood. And it's absolutely brilliant. It's a celebration of that fact. It's an outward sign of what has already taken place internally. So what is God like? Is he like a grumpy school teacher where if you don't quite fit in, he'd rather you are outside than inside? Or maybe, and I know all the school teachers would be like this, you'd much rather have them all in and you go out to gather in the one on the outside drawing them in the Bible says that God is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness that's the God that we worship and is interested in you. You may be here today just because you're a family member and you felt it would be rude not to come along. I won't ask you to put your hands up, if I should. But God's interested in you. Maybe it was part of his plan drawing you here today because he wants to reveal himself to you. I'd really encourage you, if you want to know more about this God that we worship and we get so excited about, because there's a lot to be excited about, why don't you come and talk to Sam or M at the end of the meeting, talk to me, or maybe talk to the person that invited you. Because today could just be the very start of your journey with him. Let's stand, we're going to pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your grace, your love and your mercy on our lives. I want to thank you so much we can celebrate and enjoy these baptisms today. All these people that have given their life to follow you and have now expressed that this morning. I ask for your love and mercy to sweep in and touch our lives afresh now. Come have your way among us, we pray. We thank you for all your goodness and your love. Amen.